Come back for more next week. <laughs> I think that was going to be a long night for them, wasn't it? Uh, that battle would have been very real for those who were involved in it. But for us, we can easily forget that we are equally in a war zone that is just as fierce as that. Fierce as that. But because we don't see it, we're not always aware of it. But the battles that we face are very real. So have a look at this verse from the Bible. It comes in Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. It's the message translation. And it says, this is war and there is no neutral ground. We can't opt out of this war. It's here, it's very real. And uh, for some of you that may come as a bit of a surprise, but I hope that it will help to make sense of some of the things that you see happening around you. Elsewhere in the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. This war is real. There is a spiritual battle that affects us every day. There is a war for our soul, our mind, our emotions, trying to control our bodies, our will, and our spirit, every part of us. Have you noticed the war? I'm sure you've noticed some of the results. So, have you ever felt tempted to do something that you knew was wrong? I'm not going to ask for hands up on that one. Because every time you're tempted, that is a battle in the war. Have you seen the natural disasters on uh, television and, and the wars that are recorded there? Every single one of those is a battle that in, in the war that is affected by spiritual things. Have you, seen, have you seen governments bringing in laws which are morally wrong? Those are battles in the war. Have you personally... Is that this microphone? Okay, I'll, uh, I'll switch over. See if this one behaves itself. Have you personally been held back by fear or affected by other wounds from your past? Each one of those is a battle in the war. Do you have strongholds in your life which hold you back? They are part of the war, but the good news that we were singing about earlier is that Jesus can set us free. Have you known someone who died when they hadn't finished what God had put them here on earth to do? That was a lost battle in the war. So what is this fight all about? 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. God wants everyone to be saved and to know the whole truth, which is, there is only one God, and Jesus Christ is the only one who can bring us to God. God wants to bring every single person who he's ever created into a personal, living and dynamic relationship with him. And for each of us, without ex ex exception, to enjoy the benefits of knowing him. Freedom, forgiveness, healing, changed lives, his unconditional love and so much more. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at this war uh, from a number of different angles. Uh, I'll be looking at another, doing another two talks, and Ellie will be on next week. We're looking at overcoming temptation, uh, things like how to keep your household safe, that kind of thing, so that we can be smart when it comes to the war.
uh, after I used this material some years ago, a lady came up to me and she said, I forgive you. And I said, oh, um, you know, what, what, do I, what are you forgiving me for? And she said, I forgive you for knowing so much about spiritual warfare and not teaching us. Which I thought was a bit of a strange one. So you're going to have to forgive me again because I'm going to teach you some things that God has taught me over the years and things that are there that are black and white clear in the Bible for us. So today we're looking at an introduction to this war that will help us to be ready and the first heading if you're taking notes is recognize your enemy. You need to recognize your enemy. Uh, in World War One the war ministry sent a coded message to a remote area in Africa saying, War declared. Arrest all enemy aliens in your district. Very soon a reply was sent back. Have arrested ten Germans, six Belgians, four Frenchmen, two Italians, three Australians and an American. Please advise immediately who we are at war with. <laughs> we can't fight unless we know who is for us and who is against us. So in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, uh, we're told, Be on your guard and stay awake. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. But you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. You know that all over the world the Lord's followers are suffering just as you are. Our enemy is the devil. Satan, Lucifer, an angelic being who rebelled against God and has been at war with him ever since. Satan was able to gain hold uh, over the world when mankind rebelled against God and he doesn't want to lose his ground. Mankind, instead of following God and being obedient, obedient to God, gave allegiance to Satan and followed his ways instead. So when Jesus died on the cross, one of the things that was going on was that Jesus defeated Satan and so now his time is numbered and his power is limited. So the illustration that we're often given for this is, uh, it's like in the Second World War, D-Day was such a success that it was as though the Nazis were defeated, their back was broken and yet some of the most deadly fighting happened between D-Day and VE Day. That was when there were the heaviest casualties of the war. Victory was assured, but it wasn't finally seen until VE Day. And it's the same for us. The victory is assured because of Jesus' death on the cross that we were singing about, but we're not going to see the fullness of that until Jesus comes again. And in the meantime, there can be some pretty heavy fighting going on. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. The end will come when uh, Jesus, he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So this tells us Jesus is already reigning. From the time of Jesus' death and resurrection, he has been reigning. He is, he is in supreme, uh, has the supreme power. Satan's power was broken on the cross, but we don't see the end of the war. We don't see death defeated until the second coming. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. God wiped out the charges that were against us. This is again describing what happened on the cross. He took them away and nailed them to the cross. 
There Christ defeated all powers and forces. He let the whole world see them being led away as prisoners when he celebrated his victory. This is a spiritual battle that we are in and the effects are seen everywhere. Jesus has won the victory, but the battle rages around us and we can't afford to stick our head in the sand and hope that it goes away or pretend that it's not real. So the first thing we have to do is to recognise our enemy, but we can also rejoice that Jesus is far greater and that he has already won the victory. Second really important thing in this spiritual battle is to recognise that your brother or your sister is never your enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says we're not fighting against humans. We're fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. When you see an unjust decision made by someone in authority, whether that's, uh, say, a government or a, a company or even your employer, you're not fighting against those people. You're fighting against the spiritual powers that influence them in the decision that they made. When we fight some injustice, such as uh, you know, the fair trade issue or uh, other uh, issues, we're not fighting multinational companies, but we're fighting the spiritual forces that are behind their decisions. Now that doesn't mean that those companies or those governments are necessarily demonically controlled. They might be. But on that particular decision that they've made, they have been influenced and even if they are demonically controlled, we're not fighting those people. We're fighting a spiritual battle. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, remember that your brother or sister is not your enemy. So don't fight them. Don't treat them in a bad way. They're on the same side. We are one body, one family, one church, one army. Those of you who are familiar with the Lord of the Rings will know that the great weakness of the Dark Army was that they were constantly infighting. They lost sight of their enemy and they started to fight each other for position and privilege. And that was one of the main reasons why the Nazis were eventually, or initially they were very powerful because they had unity, and then they became weaker and weaker because of the infighting. Jesus said, anybody who fights against their own family, their own army, their own body, will be defeated. And so we should never fight against each other. It's never okay for churches to fight each other or even look down on each other. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Where does that leave you when you criticise a brother or sister? And where does that leave you when you condescend to a sister? I'd say it leaves you looking pretty silly, or worse. Eventually, we're all going to end up kneeling side by side in the place of judgment, facing God. Your critical and condescending ways aren't going to improve your position one bit. I meet monthly with uh, some of the church leaders in Oxford to pray. And uh, we pray for you guys, we pray for the members of the churches in Oxford, we pray for the other church leaders who haven't made it to the meeting, we pray for revival, we got, pray for God's blessing to be released in greater ways. 
Yesterday, as I mentioned, uh, several churches got together to do healing on the streets. We're on the same team. We're uh, working together. We're not competing against each other. And we value very highly the relationship that we have with the other churches in Oxford. And so we're looking for unity, but we're not looking for uniformity. We need different kinds of churches to reach different kinds of people. Within this church, we celebrate the differences that we have because that makes us stronger. Every one of us is unique. We're not seeking to try and make a whole lot of clones of Mandy and me. God forbid. Uh, we, want, we want the variety that God has created. Every one of us is unique and we're going to pick that up tomorrow night at the central leaders meeting and spend the next two terms looking in our leaders meetings at how different we are and how wonderful that is and how that makes us stronger. Our strengths don't make us, just make us stronger individually but they are given to us in order to strengthen and to bless other people as well. Jesus, uh, so that was, that was the end. Third thing, uh, we need to proclaim the good news. So your brother is never your enemy, but we proclaim the good news. Jesus had sent out the 72, 72 of his followers that represented uh, the 72 nations as the, the Jews saw it at that time. They were sent out to tell everyone that they met about God's power and presence and then to demonstrate it by healing the sick and casting out demons by doing the words and works of Jesus and when they came back they told Jesus what had happened it had worked it was amazing people really were healed people really were set free from demons Jesus replied in Luke chapter 10 verse 18 I saw Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning I have given you the power to trample on snakes and scorpions and to defeat the power of your enemy Satan. Nothing can harm you. Victory is assured for us. But how do we do it? God has given us some defensive weapons which give us full protection. We'll look at those another time. They are based on a close relationship with Jesus. The closer we are to him, the less vulnerable we are to satanic attack. He has also given us some offensive weapons to help us take ground. Matthew chapter 10 verse 7, Jesus said, As you go, announce that the kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick, raise the dead to life, heal people who have leprosy and force out demons. You received without paying, now give without being paid. As you go, wherever you go, wherever you find yourself, this is a way of life, it's not a job. It's something that we're all called to do, it's not just for a few paid professionals. And the pay is the same. Whether you're paid by the church, uh, 9 to 5 or whatever it may be, or whether you have a proper job and do something else, the pay is the same. Our reward for these things is from Jesus. Some people are paid by the church simply so that they can dedicate more time uh, to do this kind of thing. But they're not meant to be the only ones doing it. Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus said, Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to do everything I have told you, including heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. The object of this battle for us is to win people to Jesus, 
to see them transferred from being under Satan's kingdom, under his rule, to being under God's rule, his kingdom. Moving people out of darkness, moving them into light, moving them into relationship with God. And in the process, seeing all the influence that Satan has had over people broken, seeing people set free. And the way we do it is the way that Jesus did it and the way his followers did it, the way the early church did it. We help people to experience God's love by serving them, talking to them about Jesus and praying for them. Where we see darkness affecting people, we break the power of the darkness and we set them free. For example, in Acts chapter 8 verse 5, Philip went to the city of Samaria and told the people about Christ. They crowded around Philip because they were eager to hear what he was saying and to see him work miracles. Many people with evil spirits were healed and the spirits went out of them with a shout. A lot of crippled and lame people were also healed. Philip was simply doing the words and works of Jesus. He wasn't a paid professional, he wasn't on the staff of a church. He was just a follower of Jesus who happened to find himself in Samaria and so that's where he did it. Sometimes the battles are fierce, but other times it's more like an ambassador working for the release of hostages. And uh, we pick that up in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. People have been taken captive by Satan. Our job is to see them released. And we are God's trusted ambassadors. We are given his power and his authority. And sometimes it's quietly serving people, you know, taking them a a box of mints or baking them a cake. You proved last weekend that you are all extremely good at doing that. They were delicious. Well done, everybody. Fantastic event. So you know how to do that. Now you just need to take one to a neighbor. Simple ways of, of serving people. Other times it's, it's more confrontational. It's uh, praying for sickness to go. It's praying for somebody so that a demon will leave, so that their nightmares stop, so that the uh, oppressive thoughts and uh, voices that they're hearing are broken. Because we are all in the same position, lost without Jesus. And when we find him, we need to help other people find him too. We tell the good news. We do the words and works of Jesus. The last thing I've put down for this morning is to defend your ground. In any fight, ground is won and lost. And any ground that is lost is marked for recapture. When Satan loses ground in our lives, he marks it for recapture. But God works with us to help us stand firm and to gain more ground. When I was healed of asthma, uh, it was uh, something that had come down through my family, uh, caused by an afflicting spirit. And uh, it was wonderful. The day I felt freedom from that. But a few days later, it tried to come back. Because it, it wasn't just... a you know, a physical condition. It was something spiritual and the spirit tried to come back. And so I rebuked it and I stood my ground and it had to go because in the name of Jesus, these things have to go. Uh, But every now and then, uh, not so much now, but occasionally it still tries to come back. 
and I just stand my ground and I say, no, I'm not having that. That is not my inheritance from my Heavenly Father. And so you can get stuffed. Ephesians chapter uh, 6 verse 13. Put on the full armour of God. So that when the day of evil comes, and unfortunately the day of evil will come, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. It is possible, no matter what Satan throws at you, to be able to stand your ground. There is no need for fear in any of this spiritual warfare stuff because God is with us and he is so much stronger. We'll talk more about standing firm under attack next week. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 When the going gets rough, take it on the chin with the rest of us, the way Jesus did. A soldier on duty doesn't get caught up in making deals at the marketplace. He concentrates on carrying out orders. We are in God's army to carry out his orders. When we come to know Jesus, we have uh, suddenly a different reason for living, a changed purpose here on earth. Not to please ourselves any longer. Not to make ourselves comfortable. And yet, many Christians worship a God of comfort. But we live to serve Jesus in whatever way he wants and to join God in bringing people to know him. That is why we're here on earth. Now, God blesses us with many things along the way. And uh, he's described as the God of all comfort. He brings healing to us. He blesses us with you know, fantastic food and great cakes and parties and all sorts of other things. But it reminds us here in this verse to stay focused on our real reason for living. You may think that you came here to study or you came here to do a job. The reason you came here was to serve Jesus in this place. Those other things are important, certainly. I'm not going to diminish those, but in a way they are coincidental. God's going to use those. God's going to give you contact with people through, through those. He's going to grow you through those. So they are really important. But the reason that you're here is because God has brought you here to see his kingdom come. One of Satan's favourite tricks is to distract us from what we're supposed to be doing. And to try and distract us with extra qualifications, pay rises, holidays, cars, houses, things that are supposed to make us more comfortable. And those things can be good and we can enjoy those things. But we take direction from God. And as God provides them, we enjoy them and we uh, make the most of them. But they can easily become a distraction. One way to spot if something is a distraction is to ask the Holy Spirit... Is this going to help or hinder my ability to serve God? Does it open up more possibilities to serve God at work? Does it equip me to do what God has called me to do in ministry? Or actually does it take away the time that God has given me where I'm meant to be serving him? We are here to rescue people who are captives, to bring them to freedom and to personally pay whatever price is necessary to bring them home. There are people in the Oxford area who are being held captive by Satan, and it is only God's people who can set them free. Another of Satan's tricks is discouragement. The first vineyard church that was planted in New York failed, so they tried another one. 
That one failed, and as did the third. In fact, six church plants failed in New York before the first one worked. We need to be faithful to what God calls us to do and to defend what he has spoken to us. Don't let Satan rob you of your calling from God. It is unique for you. And not only will you be weaker, but we will all be weaker if you let that go. Don't uh, doubt in the dark what you've heard in the light. What God has spoken into your life, don't allow that to be robbed away from you simply because you don't see it happening immediately. One of the temptations for me when I get tired with this battling is to think, why not settle for a church that doesn't need to grow much? that doesn't need supernatural resources, that doesn't need to work hard at training new leaders and reaching out into the community. And I try not to entertain that thought for too long. It's a lie. It's a distraction. God has called us to rescue people from Satan's hold. So how can we fall back and ignore what God is saying to us and the opportunities that he's placed before us? And every one of us will have different opportunities. We're called to stand our ground and to take more ground until the war is won. Until every single person in the Oxford area has had a, a chance to hear about Jesus and to know him personally, our job is not done and this church is not full. It's too small uh, until everybody's had a chance to hear. If you're still searching for Jesus, may I encourage you to keep checking things out. Uh, there are some uh, Bibles down here at the front. We gave those out on the street as well yesterday, so come and grab one of those. We'd love to give you one. Um, if you're at the point of having thought about Jesus for some time, but not really ever taken that step of surrendering your life to him, then today would be a very good way day to do that. And... Uh, the, the sooner you can get on the right side, the sooner you can get into God's family and to uh, start to receive the benefits of everything he's done for you, the, the, the better it is. So all you have to do is call out to Jesus from your heart. Say to him, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to forgive me for what I've done wrong. I need you to uh, come in and lead me from now on. I surrender my life to you. And just cry out to him from your heart today. I was uh, chatting to uh, my Muslim hairdresser this week and he, uh, he asked me what I did for a living and I said I work for a church. And he, he said, uh, what do you have to do to become a Christian? Do you have to follow rules? And I said, no, you don't follow rules. You just cry out to God from your heart and uh, you begin a relationship with him. So you can do that today and then uh, if you're going to do that, just tell the person that you came with. They would be delighted to hear that. And uh, we'd love to pray for you as well to help you in the, in the process of getting free and uh, following Jesus on this, this journey. Some of you may be aware that there are areas of life where you're not free. Some have given way to temptation so many times that it is as if a stronghold has built in your life and that needs to be broken. Things like gossip, unforgiveness, bitterness, fantasy, lust, greed, anger, you know, all those kinds of things that are so much a part of our human nature. If we keep giving way to them, they can cause quite an inroad into our life that gives Satan power in us, in our thinking, in our responses. And uh, Jesus died to set us free from that rubbish. So uh, we'd love to pray for you afterwards. Some of you are aware that you've been taken out of the battle. 
you've uh, you've not been able to stand your ground, you're feeling tired, you're feeling beaten up, you're feeling discouraged. Again, let God help you. Uh, some of you maybe just have been distracted by other things. Ask God to forgive you and get back to doing what he's called you to do. This is a real war. Satan is real, whether we acknowledge him or not. God is much, much greater. He is incredible and he will help us. One last verse I think we've got to finish off with. Psalm 108 verse 13. With God we will gain the victory and he will trample down our enemies. So let's stand together. (coughs) With God we will gain the victory and he will trample down our enemies. And Father, we thank you that that is true. We thank you that Jesus died on the cross so that each one of us could be set free from Satan's hold and from the influence of everything that he's done to mess up our lives. We thank you that every, uh, every deceptive form of thinking, every wrong emotional response, every bit of sickness in our body was dealt with on the cross. Every bit of doubt every bit of selfishness. And so we bring these things to you where we need to. Just just take a few moments to bring anything to God that you need to put right with him. You may have done that before you came this morning, so that's good. But uh, if you haven't, then you can just do that now. And Jesus, we ask that you'd forgive us, that your blood would just come and wash us clean again. And I say in Jesus' name that uh, you are forgiven for everything that you have confessed before him, everything that was offensive before God, everything that came as a barrier in your relationship between you and God. In Jesus' name it's forgiven, and in Jesus' name I break the power of it. I break the power of distraction. I break the power of the lies of the enemy. I break the power of selfishness. I break the power of lust and of greed and all the other things that you've confessed before God. I break their power now in Jesus' name. I break the power of weariness because it's written that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So in Jesus' name we break the power of weariness. We break the power of discouragement now in Jesus' name. Because it's written that God is faithful to his promises and loving towards all he's made. And so I ask, Father, that you would speak again those promises that you've placed in our hearts, those deep desires, those uh, longings to see your kingdom come. We ask that you would light that fire again, uh, that where we've been robbed by distraction and uh, discouragement and weariness, that you would cause the fire to grow again, that we would be a passionate people. The people who follow you, not just 95%, but 100%. And we confess that where that 5% has come in and we've robbed you of what we rightfully should give you. We ask for your forgiveness. We want to be people who uh, are able to quickly hear what you're saying. In the little things and in the big things. In the simple things of obedience and things that are a bit bigger as well. We ask that you give us opportunities this week to be able to see your kingdom come, to be able to do the words and works of Jesus. 
And where we need to realign our thinking, Lord, we ask that you do that this week, that you keep speaking to us. Thank you that your Holy Spirit lives within us. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us this week, that you would talk to us about things that we've assumed that were wrong, things where we've become distracted, things where we've believed lies. And we ask that you'd help us to get back on course again. And Father, I pray for your protection for your people. Uh, for every person here today, for every one of our family who hasn't been able to come today because they're working or ill or wherever they may be, Lord, I just pray for your protection over each one. I ask that your, for each one of us that your guardian angels would stand guard over us, that they would protect us, that they would keep us free from attacks of the evil one. We ask, Father, that you would place on us your, uh, your armour so that we are kept safe. We Pray for righteousness to be like a breastplate. That we would be in right relationship with you. That uh, those issues that affect our heart where we're not right, that you would help us to put those right. We pray for the helmet of salvation. We pray that you would uh, save us in our thinking. Save us from temptation. Save us from destructive things. We ask for feet shod with peace with a firm foundation and who are quick to go out and bring peace to other people and not to keep the blessing to ourselves we ask father for the shield of faith that you'd help us to be able to recognize when the fiery darts of the evil one are coming against us that you give us strength to be able to stand our ground that you'd make us smart to be able to help other people and to ask other people to help us where we need it and not to stand our ground on our own and we ask that you'd strengthen us with the sword of the spirit which is your word that you'd help us to read your word every day this week that it would feed us that it would strengthen us but we also ask that you'd help us to use it as a weapon to come against these attacks of the evil one, whether they come directly against us or our housemates, our family, and people at work, we ask that you'd open our eyes to be able to see these different things that are going on. Father, we acknowledge that there is so much more going on in the spirit realm than we are aware of, and we need to become so much smarter at doing this. So, Father, we ask that you'd help us, that you'd lead us, Thank you that you love us so much, that you're always good. Thank you that you're so gentle with us, so kind, so encouraging, that you bless us and your desire is to bless us even more. And so we say yes to that too. So I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you with his protection. I bless you with his provision. I bless you with an awareness of his presence with you all the time and the truth of the promise that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That in every situation, you have all of heaven's resources available to you. I bless you with that knowledge. In Jesus' name. We have about five minutes or so before children need to be picked up, so we're going to formally finish now. But if you'd like someone to pray for you for whatever reason, just grab somebody near you or come down to the front and we would love to pray for you. Uh, there is uh, hospitality stuff downstairs, drinks, donuts, whatever we've got left down there. And uh, those of you who are new today, 
Uh, we'd love you to come and join us for the newcomers lunch. Come and have a chat with Mandy and uh, we'll explain where it is and how it's happening. But God bless you. Have a fantastic week.